Hey, welcome to the Crystal Crawford Show. I shockingly am Crystal Crawford. It's nice to see you guys. I am in a hotel in Redondo Beach, LA, California, for those of you that don't know where LA is. And um, we are at on day two of the, actually, no, 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 sorry, middle of day three. I was way off. Uh, in the sex and relationship class with Access Consciousness. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Albina, nice to see you. Um, so I'm in the middle of a lot of change right now, like I always am, and sort of have some words for it and sort of don't. And so we're just gonna see how this show goes. Hi guys, hi Ulrike, hi Nidia. Nice to see you guys, I'm glad you're here. Um, the topic that I chose for today was, uh, hi Torgan, was uh, discovering what's actually true for you because there's um, a lot of that going on for me right now. I've got something behind me and it's bothering me. Um, hi Kathy, hi Max, Maximilian, Maximilian Gangster. That's not his name, but that's what I see every time I see his name. Okay, I'm so distracted. Hi guys. <laughs> ah, this whole topic of discovering what's actually true for you. So, um, I'm gonna take you on a little bit of an adventure. Hi Karen, I loved your question. Thank you so much. Hi Tanya. Um, this, so, so I'm in the sex and relationship class, and so of course we're having a ton of conversations about, you guessed it, sex and relationship. And one of the conversations that, one of the things that's going on in my world right now, especially in the last probably two months, three months, is um, discovering all these places that I've been hiding from myself. These places I've been functioning from that I've just hid from myself. And, you know, it's come up in a lot of radio shows and videos lately as the cunt thing. And, um, but what's really cool, what I, what I've always known about these classes and the kind of change that I choose and the kind of awareness that I keep choosing is that underneath everything that I think is wrong with me is always something great about me or is, or, or is the capacity that I've judged as wrong that I may be using for nefarious purposes, um, inadvertently, unconsciously that is actually the capacity for just anything, right? Like the capacity to be a cunt is also the capacity to be incredibly kind, just inverted and doing something else. It's just it's just a capacity being used for something that's creating something that you may or may not wanna be creating. And, but when you're functioning unconsciously from these things, you, you don't have choice. You just have response and reaction and resistance and all this other shit. So, so what I've been asking for is to see everywhere that I'm functioning from. So so first was the cunt thing, right? First was like everywhere I was functioning as a cunt and not acknowledging it. <laughs> hi Santa, hi Alpi, I'm so glad you guys are here, thank you. Um, so, so that was the first sort of major thing and it really, really, really took me a while, well for me a while is months, that's, that's, that's a long time in my world, thanks for some people that takes years, so I'll go ahead and acknowledge that I'm fast, but it, for me it was a really long time of really looking at it and flipping it over and really re recognizing that I wasn't looking at it and acknowledging that I was functioning from it and all this all this kind of stuff. And then um, what we got to today or in the last few days was this conversation about softness and, and this softness, not that isn't just kindness, but there's this softness of being. And one of my great friends brought up the conversation in class and I just started crying immediately when she was talking. And I was like, oh, that, that is actually what I've been 
that softness of me is actually what I've been protecting and hiding more dynamically than the fact that I was being a cunt. <laughs> and the cunt behavior or, or whatever that was creating in the world was, was what I had decided would protect this softness of me that has been more true about me from the very beginning than almost anything else. In fact, as, as she was talking the other day, I was just like, I was having wave after wave after wave of epiphany about like how I started out in the world, which was this really aware, um, perceptive, kind little being. You know, like if you have kids or if you've ever been a kid, <laughs> you may remember that or may recognize that in yourself of like, you know, kids don't start out as cunts. Some, well, maybe sometimes they do. <laughs> I don't know. But generally speaking, most kids that I see are, you know, beings. They're, they just be, right? They be and they're kind and they're generosity of spirit until, until something, until until something occurs and they think they learn something or they've decide something, right? And I've heard parents say this where, in fact, I had a conversation with my friend Stephanie about her little dog, Luna. And um, Luna's this little chihuahua. Just let it melt, Karen. Luna's this little chihuahua. She's this little moon-colored chihuahua and she's so sweet. And Stephanie was telling me a story about how when Luna was a little, was a pup, and she remembers the moment, and, and she's like, you know, when Luna was a pup, and she would just she would just trundle and run up to everything, and like everything was exciting, and everything was full of wonder, and everything was new. And she remembers the moment when Luna learned that what it was to be afraid of something. And Stephanie cried as she told me this about her little dog, and she's like, and I knew in that moment that Luna would never be the same that she had just learned something or she had just had a moment that, that changed something for her. And so this conversation and this conversation about softness was really like weaving itself through my universe in the last couple of days. And, and I remember certain moments in my life where, I remember one moment in particular where I was, I think I was, I was in middle school, so I was eighth grade and I must've been 10 or 11. And I was walking out of school and it was cold. I had, so I had my jacket on and I was holding, I was holding my hands like this. So I was really holding my body and holding my own hands. And this one boy who made it his mission to make my life really miserable <laughs> said, joked, said something about it. He's like, oh, little Miss Goody Two Shoes. I've never forgotten that. And I never walked like that again. And from that moment on, I was aware, I was aware of that I needed to, what I decided was that I needed to judge myself and how I was walking so that that didn't occur again, so that I could be what was acceptable in the world or what was approvable in the world. Now, I think that's what I decided. There actually may be decisions under that because let me add another facet to this conversation that is really going to, is starting to unravel for me just this morning was, was a conversation about rejection. So add to this softness, that rejection and the creation of rejection in your life is a choice. Not a reaction, not a response, but a, a choice. Well, maybe a reaction, but a choice, right? I've, I've talked on some videos before about how frustration and irritation and all of those things that feel like reactions are also choices. And one of the things I started asking myself when I realized that frustration was a choice was, well, I started realizing, first of all, that I chose it a lot. And so as I started recognizing that I chose it a lot, I was like, wow, what other, I just started asking like, what other choices do I have beyond this that I've never considered? 
And um, that started really unraveling the frustration for me. So this morning, what came up in class was we, you know how we talk about in access consciousness projections and expectations, separations, judgments, and rejections. Well, most of us, including me, have never really heard the word rejection in that. <laughs> anyway, so Shannon O'Hara started having this conversation with Gary about rejection, and I'm I'm getting that I'm gonna this, there's gonna be more on this later because I don't have it fully cognitized yet, but how basically that was a place that she functioned from, and that's a place where most of us all function from in relationships where even though we really want to be, we may, may want to be with this other person in our life, we're constantly looking for where they're rejecting us or where we can reject them and then recovering from that and then rejecting them, throwing them under the bus and then recovering from that and then getting rejected and rejecting before we get rejected. Holy fuck, I mean, as she was talking, I'm like, I have lived my, my whole life from a platform of rejection. And when I look at it, my my mom that's how my mom functioned literally that was how my mom functioned in our in our life like we basically spent our lives as kids like trying not to get rejected by her based on a series of criteria that we could only figure out sort of sometimes that changed all the time and it was actually an, an open thing in my family as we all got older and were teenagers and could actually go out and support ourselves that if we weren't being a certain way in the household we we got kicked out we got excommunicated from the family like literally and so rejection in my family was this thing where you either you either shaped up and did right and and this and the, and the siblings started perpetrating this with each other as well like you either shaped up and did it right or you were literally out of a relationship you were out of the relationship nobody wanted to talk to you literally people stopped talking to you and um and thank you for the feedback you guys um, me too uh so Anyway, so this morning, so, so with that as an awareness of rejection being a choice and, and projections and expectations are what create you needing to separate and judge and then reject yourself. And that's what he was saying about this rejection thing is that it's, it's that we reject ourselves first and then out of that, it comes the rejection of other people, but you, you can't reject other people unless you're rejecting yourself first. And as he was saying this, I just saw everywhere, just everywhere that I reject myself constantly, just constantly and first so that nobody else can. And as I just let it wash over me that, that, that this was true and that this was a creation and a choice, I, my question now is like, what? wow, what else is possible? Like this has been a functional way of being in my universe for probably billions of years, honestly, but in this lifetime, pretty much since I was born. And I guess I'm, I'm talking about all this because the topic was discovering what's actually true for you. And there's a number, there's a number of facets to this from the point of view of like, you want to discover, hi Desiree, you do want to discover like, what are you actually asking for in the world? And what I'm discovering is that in the process of discovering that and asking for it, what's coming up is all of this other stuff to change or other, other awareness about how I'm functioning in the world. Hi, Simon. And I'm not totally sure where I'm going with this exactly. <laughs> I guess what I want to invite, I want to invite us to look at this 
in a couple of different ways. Like, would you be willing to start asking for, hey, where am I functioning from that I've never acknowledged and never looked at? And, and just start receiving information about that. So as I was looking this morning at like, you know, my functional state has been to reject before I'm rejected and I reject faster than anybody I know, which means I'm judging, which means I'm separating, which means I'm not receiving me and I can't receive what I'm asking for. Like Gary was talking to Shannon O'Hara and as she was having this epiphany about the rejection thing, Gary said, you think you're making a lot of money now? And she just like uproariously laughed. And Shannon is doing really well financially. And I've been asking, hey, what would it take to have what she's having? And I've been really looking at like what she's willing to be in the world that I'm not willing to be. And there's, there's so much. And then with this conversation and watching, you know, them have this conversation, I'm like, wow. So there is, so my question for after lunch, and I'll have more on this for you guys next week, or maybe during the polls, because I start some energy polls on Thursday and all of this is going to be woven in there because this is so integral. Um, when you reject yourself, you can't receive. So when you reject yourself, you're basically like taking whatever it is you've decided about yourself that's unacceptable and throwing you in the garbage. And when you throw you in the garbage and somebody tries to gift you something, you can't receive it because you've already thrown yourself in the garbage, right? So let's just, let's start, let's give us a tool, eh? So how many projections and expectations and separations and judgments and rejections are you using to create the relationship with you? And everything that is times a godzillion, will you destroy and create all that? Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pot, calling, short, boys, man. And if you're new to access consciousness or new to the clearing statement, which is what I just said, go to theclearingstatement.com and it will give you all the lowdown on that. Um, but basically, wh what we want to do is we want to start changing the energy around this. We want to acknowledge what's going on. Because that's what this whole thing is about. Discovering what's actually true about you. Discovering what's true for you. Discovering what your reality is, is an ongoing adventure, if you let it be. It can be an ongoing torture, if you have that point of view. But if you let it be an adventure, that's that's what it can be. And so, so how many projections and expectations and separations and judgments and rejections are you using to create the separation, judgment, and rejection of you? And everything that is times a godzillion, will you destroy it and create all that? Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, all in shorts, boys and beyonds. How many projections, expectations, separations, judgments, and rejections are you using to create the rejection of the softness of you? And everything that is times a godzillion, will you destroy it and create all that? Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, all in shorts, boys and beyonds. How many projections and expectations and separations and judgments and rejections are you using to create I'm going to say the badass of you and everything that is times a godzillion will you destroy it and create it all right wrong good bad pot pot only shorts boys and beyonds and if you guys are just joining us we're just really diving into like hey what's actually going on what's where are you really functioning from that's creating your life you know like like i've been asking for like millions of dollars i've been asking for an expanded business i've been asking for you know a really expanded life that's bringing in a lot more well what brings in more being more. How can you be more if you're so busy rejecting yourself you can't even see straight? How can you be more if, if what the constant process you're in is looking for where you fit, where you don't fit, who fits in your life, who doesn't fit in your life, what you can receive from, what you can't receive from, what's going to work, what's not going to work. You're, 
it's a constant, constant, constant state of decision and judgment and computation and conclusion. And how do I know? Because I'm better at it than anybody I know. <laughs> and, you know, I can actually say that with not a lot of charge on it now, because it's just like, yeah, that's just what it is. And you guys, that's how we're taught to be in the world. It's, it doesn't make us wrong. It's just like, that's how we're taught to be in the world. And so, so when we're moving forward and we want to go into like pulling energy and generating the life we desire, we even want to start engaging in that play, like however we do that, this is where it's the rubber starts to meet the road and we get to start to look at, hey, where am I, where am I functioning from that's creating the stop? Where am I functioning from that's creating the no money? Where am I functioning from that's creating the, the, the angst I seem to have in relationships? Where am I functioning from that's creating the upset I'm choosing? Like, where am I functioning from here? And, and then start to puck and pod that, like, everywhere I'm not willing to be, be no, perceive, and receive it, times a godzillion, destroy and create it. And, and I do want to add to this conversation that that takes a fuck of a lot of courage. Um, that's, you know, consciousness is not for pussies. <laughs> so if you are asking for that, please acknowledge what you're choosing. Please acknowledge how much courage you have to look at all this stuff. You know, because consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. It includes the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever. It doesn't have a point of view. It's us that has the point of view. So when you start to ask for where you're functioning from so that your life can expand, you know, you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of why you're functioning from that because that won't get you anywhere. That's like a, that's a toilet, that's a, that's a, might as well flush the toilet. Like, that's just this, right? Um... <laughs> interesting choice I keep making being in sales being rejected over and over all day five days a week cute not bright yeah Kathy and I wonder how much of a point of view you actually have about being rejected I actually wonder what's right about you that you're not getting I mean you guys got to start asking hey what's right about me I'm not getting either to start discovering like what this what's the strongness in what you're choosing that you've never acknowledged and Tanya was said was thinking this morning about how I don't fit in anywhere and then realized I'm not supposed to much lighter. Oh yeah, no, you guys don't fit. Like if you're listening to this radio show, you don't fit in anywhere. In fact, that's that is the absolute gift of you. Listen, um my friends and I went out. We're we're in LA right now and we went we drove to Hollywood. We took an Uber to Hollywood and we went to this beautiful beautiful restaurant. It has stadium seating like uh called Tao and beautiful Asian menu and cocktails and stunning inside. And, you know, I walked in, I, I kind of looked yesterday like I just got off a yacht. I had like white linen, you know, pants, short pants and like a white silk top and this big chunky necklace and a scarf and whatever. I looked great, but I didn't get my hooch on last night. And, um, you know, around 10 o'clock, 11 p.m. in L.A., all the hoochies come out. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful bodies in L.A., seriously, crazy. And uh, they just go on display. All the beautiful bodies go on display. And it was just so funny because I was sitting there with my, you know, my two friends, and we're like 40, you know, whatever, 40, 40 years old, and, you know, looking like we do, gorgeous and, and totally different and not just the way we look but like you know the music came on and we were all like yeah let's get some dancing going and everybody's so busy trying to look good nobody's enjoying themselves it was wild and I was just so aware of how different we were and also simultaneously aware that I've spent the majority of my life trying to tone that down so that I didn't get made fun of or so that I didn't 
raise the ire of anybody or so that I so and also so aware of everybody's projections and expectations when they looked at me my whole life that's the other thing that happens is like um, people when they look at you like they project and they expect of you based on the way you look based on what they've decided you are and I'm so aware of that and so are you and so I would try to tone myself down or whatever based on that and that's rejecting myself that's the rejection of me like that's where it shows up so dynamically so I've really been playing with like my my actual reality what's really true for me is I'm super aware I'm super aware of people's discomfort and I care about that a lot and I don't really want people to feel uncomfortable around me so I'll either turn myself down or turn off my caring about that and I'm kind of awkward I spill things on myself I'm kind of clunky I also look this way so I like makeup and like there's this all this stuff that's true about me you know I'm capable at a lot of things I'm really fast at most things I'm great at being on video I'm like I've got all this all this stuff that's true about me and and Gary said I forget how he put it exactly But it was basically like, you can't change the world by turning yourself down. He's like, you've got to be willing to inspire people. And, and we do by being us. We just do. And even if, even if people judge you, like, fuck, who cares? I mean, people, you know, that's, some people do that. But what, what's going to happen is the more you're willing to be you and the more you don't turn that down for anybody, the more you don't reject you, the more you just get to include all those energies and and just choose what works for you. Choose to hang around the people that lift you up. Choose to ask for people that lift you up. And I guess that's where I want to sort of segue into is like, so yes, everywhere we're functioning from, like yes, acknowledging that. And But listen, the first thing, the first thing to start with is not the rabbit hole. The first thing to start with is like, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this garden of my life and I'm gonna find everywhere I'm functioning like shit before I do anything, because I don't wanna function like shit anymore. That, that's actually the wrong place to start. The, the place to start with all of this is like, what do I desire as my life? What do I desire as my life? So. I'm on a telecall with the Bowman, Stephen and Chitissa Bowman, and Conversations with the Future, and it's yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and if you want on, just message me for the link, it's amazing. And this whole thing about the future is getting a sense of the energies you want to create as your life. I know a lot of us talk about this, I've talked about it a lot, I will continue to talk about it. I was realizing yesterday that they were giving me information that I didn't have yet, that I can't put into words yet. So if you want more, you're gonna have to come on the energy pulse because I get I'm gonna have to listen to this telecall like five times. But one of the things that struck me was basically the, the Bowmans have like three energies that they're looking that they're always matching things to, or that when things show up, they're like, does it match these energies? Yes. Okay, cool. Oh, I just got something. Anyway, one of the energies was the energy of travel. One of the energies was the energy of change, and there was another one that I can't remember. And what struck me about this is that I've been asking for energies of, you know, houses and cars, and I've gotten all those things, and travel and friends, I've gotten all those things. So what's been stumping me is what do I ask for next? Because what you ask for shows up. What you're willing to pull energy into shows up. 
And so like now I'm like, okay, so I'm really, I'm living the life that I've asked for. Like what, what else, what else is possible? And when they mentioned the energy of change, I was like, oh, so in this 10 seconds, I need to broaden the scope of the energies I'm asking for instead of making them more specific. Because for me, the specific has sort of shown up and I'm, I'm really great, I'm good. Like when I want something else, I'll ask for it, right? But the energies of change, I'm like, oh, there's so many other things that I would be choosing if, those were, if that was one of the energies I was asking for. Because the things that match that are so multifaceted. Like they're such, they're, they don't follow along any linear pathway. Like if change is one of the energies that I'm asking for in the world, if that's one of the things that I desire to create in the world more than anything, then the things that I'm gonna, the things that are gonna show up that are gonna match that are like really broad. And how cool is that? Cause that's gonna give me such a different experience of being on the planet. So now I'm looking at like, what energies do I really, what energies would I never live without sort of thing? It's like, what, and then, and then getting the sense of those and then pulling the energy of the universe into that, right? So when you're doing an energy pull with, with energies, what you do is you get the sense of like, yeah, travel's a big energy for me. I really love that. Change is a big energy for me. Growth, constantly more is a big energy. And I, and I am gonna go into more specifics about this in the 30 days and for myself, because I get like, to be specific so that I can be more broad. How does it get better than that? Um, but then you, you lower all your barriers and you just pull all the energy of the universe into that. And it's not a doing thing. You just lower your barriers and you just ask the energy to pull and it pulls and you receive. And then your whole body gets the sensation of that energy. Your whole awareness sort of floods with that energy. Everything opens up. And that also gives the universe the information of what it can bring into your space that's really different. And if you're willing to follow that and go and, and just ask, like when things show up, hey, truth, does this match the energies I'm asking for, yes or no? If you get a yes, then you follow that thing and you choose it. And this is how your life begins to generate. So where I was gonna circle back around to, like really getting where you're functioning from, acknowledging what's actually true for you, is that as you're pulling that in and you're asking for those energies, where you're functioning from that doesn't allow those to show up is gonna show up. That's what's occurring for me right now. Where I'm functioning from that's not allowing everything I'm asking for to show up is showing up. So it's like, okay, cool. So how much ease can I have with all of this? And what other choices do I have available to me now? And that, Gary said this morning in the class, he's like, he's like, you guys don't get what a gift all of this awareness is. He's like, of where you're functioning from. He's like, because now, now that you're aware of it, you can choose something else. And Amy Hirsch was having a conversation, Amy, if you're watching this, thank you, was having a conversation with Gary about that. She's like, okay, so what do we do now that we're, now that we're aware of this? What do we do now? She's like, is it just being present and like being aware? And, and he really didn't answer that. And one of the things I'm wondering is once we're aware of it, can we ever not be aware of it again? I get no. So once you're aware of it, you, you can't not see it anymore. It's like once you've seen, there's things you can't unsee. <laughs> once you get an awareness of where you're functioning from it, you can't unsee that shit. And what's the gift in that? So the next time I start to notice myself doing rejection, now I know it's a choice. Now I can be like, oh my God, I'm doing it again. Oh my gosh, what other choices do I have here that I've never considered? What if I were just willing to choose something else? What could that be? And when you start to ask those questions, an awareness, awarenesses show up. 
And that's how things change. And that's the coolest fucking shit about this shit. Because <laughs> you never have to rabbit hole into shit again. You just get to acknowledge it. You just get to go, oh, wow. I'm